Sunday, happy Sunday. Welcome to church. My name is Miles McPherson, pastor of the Rock Church. And we want to welcome you to church today. Um, I'm very excited about this message. I'm, I, I'm confident that it's going to break something off you. And I, what I mean by that is that some of the burden and fear that you may be carrying is going to be broken. Some of the lies and the pressure of the lies of the devil in your life is going to be broken. And God is going to set free a flood of peace in your heart. That's my, that's my prayer. That's my hope. Um, before we go any further, I want you to hit the share button on whatever device you're on and get the word out to your friends because I believe this message is going to be an encouragement to a lot of people who are living in fear and, and amidst all the uncertainty of what's going on in our country, in our world. So hit the share button and then we're going to get on our knees and pray. We'll get on our knees and pray. And wherever you are, you may be sitting in your house sitting in uh, wherever you are in your backyard. I just want to ask you to get on your knees. You may be laying in your bed with your wife or your girl. <laughs> get out of the bed, please. Get on the side of the bed and let's bow our knees. Uh, I'm going to be talking about something that's going to require you to humble yourself. I'm going, to be requir- I'm going to get in your business today. God's going to get in your business today. And so we don't have church just to have it. Uh, we want God to do something incredible in our life. And so I want our hearts to be humble and ready to hear. Uh, there may be some of you out there right now that you're, you're like this with God. You're mad because life isn't going your way. Um, this is a perfect time to get on your knees because unfortunately it's not about you. God has a bigger plan and we need to trust him. Uh, none of us, I don't know anybody that likes what's going on. Anybody. Um, but God's got a plan. And if the more we understand his plan, the more we get on his program, uh, the more we can go through anything with peace and confidence and courage. Lord, we thank you that you are our rock. And I pray and ask that you would set people free from the lies of the devil as he is so good at Deceiving us, discouraging us, filling our hearts with fear and uncertainty. So I pray as we start this series, COVID, the end of your world, that you would set us free and that we would experience a spiritual freedom we've never had before. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Let's get your Bibles out. Uh, if you have a Bible, grab it. If you have a Bible on your phone or wherever, if you don't have a Bible, I want to encourage you every week, just get a Bible. It is very important that instead of just watching what's on the screen, you have it in your hand and you get used to this book. Uh, even if it's on your phone, that's fine. But what we do is we hold our Bible up on the count of three and say, Word. We want to declare this is the Word of God. One, two, three, say, Word. Got you, got you. Turn to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, first book of the New Testament. And again, if you just joined us, I'm Miles McPherson, Pastor of the Rock. Welcome to church. Hit that share button. Get the word out to your friends and family. One of my favorite movies of all time uh, was a movie called Scarface. And it was 1983 before I was a Christian, so stop tripping. <laughs> stop tripping. But it was just your classic gangster, you know, drug dealer movie. And you're like, why would a pastor like a drug dealer movie? I wasn't a pastor at the time, and it was a good movie. But uh, 
one of the scenes in the movies, you know, Al Pacino was a little gangster, Tony Montana from Cuba, and it was in Miami, but he was from Cuba, and he ended up, you know, became this big, powerful drug dealer, and as we all know, that story ends one of two ways. You die or you go to jail. Well, he ended up not going to jail. He died, but he came, he was very powerful, had this big old house, tigers on his property, and at the very end of the movie, the guys that he betrayed came after him, and they surrounded his house, they flooded his house, and at the very end of the movie, he comes to the top of his stairs, he had this big staircase that went up both sides, two, two, two ways to get up to his office, and he stood up, and they were shooting him, bam, left and right with machine guns, AKs, like 20 dudes, and he was just getting shot like that, and he kept saying, I take your bullets, I take your bullets. And he, and he got shot like a thousand times and before he eventually died because someone came and shot him in the back. He had so much cocaine in him. It was, it was, it was horrible. Again, why would a pastor like that? It was great at the time. But what he said was, I take your bullets. Why did Jesus have to die on the cross? Jesus died on the cross. There were several reasons. But one of the main reasons that Jesus died on the cross is that he took the devil's biggest bullet death. See, the devil leverages the fear of death over us and tried to do it with Jesus to get him off message. He kept threatening him and accusing him. And what the devil does, he says, I'm going to threaten you and use the fear of death, the death of your relationships to get you to do something. I'm going to threaten you with the loss of your money to get you to do something. And he did that in, with Jesus. When he first met him, he says, if you are the son of God, prove it by turning these stones to bread. And if you don't turn these stones to bread, you're not really the son of God. Your reputation is going to be shot. And Jesus didn't take the bait. He just said, you can threaten me all you want with your little death of my reputation. I'm not going to take the bait. When Jesus was arrested, and, he, they, and they, they hit him and said, you know, if you're the son of man, tell us who hit you. He says, I don't need to prove anything. When he was on the cross, they said, if you're the king of the Jews, get yourself down. He says, I don't need to prove anything. And all throughout his life, Jesus lived a life of self-denial, not trying to live up to man's expectation. His whole message and point was, I am going to say what the Father told me to say. I'm going to do what I see my Father doing. <laughs> I'm going to fulfill the purpose that the Father sent me to fulfill. And I'm not going to let any external pressure from the devil or culture threaten me into getting off message and off mission. And then when he died on the cross, he was the ultimate act of self-denial. Where he says, you can kill me. Matter of fact, when they were killing him, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They do it. He, he did not deserve it. And he says, but I will take your biggest bullet. And by me allowing you, Satan, to do whatever you want and me not get off message, by me obeying, even to the point of death, God's will will be done. Now, what does this got to do with you and me? We are constantly, constantly threatened by the world. If you don't get that car, you're not going to be important. So we chase after the money to get the car thinking it's going to give us something. And we get nothing. If you don't buy that big house, you're not going to be important. So we chase after the money to buy the house. And then what do we get for it? If you don't make a certain amount of money, you're not important. And the devil threatens us with all these false fears that if we don't do all these things, that if we do this, we're going to get something. When in fact we never get it. 
This series called COVID, The End of Your World, here's my encouragement. I pray that through this series you learn to die to yourself, that you deny yourself. Today I want to focus on the death of you trusting in things that aren't certain. All our lives we're telling trust in money. You can't trust in money, trust in the government. You can't trust in the government, trust in success. You can't trust in success, trust in your, your corporate ladder. You can't trust in that. And we live our lives trusting all these things. And one of the things we're realizing now during COVID is that none of that stuff is certain. It's all gone. And so we have to learn to die to ourselves and all the ways we saw life and all the ways we've learned about being significant. All the things we learned about what being important is, all the things we learned about what being successful means, let it go. Let it go. Die to it. Deny yourself. Deny all those things and say, Lord, I am just going to focus on what you called me to do. In this story, this very short passage in Matthew 7, verse 24 and 27, we're going to read this story and it's about a man, it's about two guys. One's a fool, one's a wise person. Now, this message is going to be about do you want to be a fool or a wise person? And one guy builds his house, his whole life on rock, something that's solid. And another guy builds his whole house or his life and his livelihood and his purpose on sand. You heard the story before. One guy builds his house on certainty. Another guy builds his house on uncertainty. One guy builds his house and his future and his whole livelihood and his whole reputation on something that's certain. Another guy builds his whole livelihood, his reputation on something that's not certain. Which one are you going to be? If there's one thing you're learning from COVID, is that a lot of the things we thought were certain ain't certain anymore. They're not certain anymore. Let it go. Let's read the story. Matthew, check it out. Matthew 7, it says, therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them. By the way, this is right after the Sermon on the Mountain. Jesus talks about all these kingdom principles about how to live. And when he finishes about teaching all through the Sermon on the Mount and all these kingdom principles about how to live, he says, therefore, whoever hears all this stuff I just told you, and, and you do them, you obey them, you hear it and you do it. I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on rock and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it did not fall for it was founded on rock. Let me tell you something. Winds have come. Rain has come. We are being flooded right now. The foundation is of our country and our world and our life is just being washed away. So are, are you on the rock or are you on going to be sand? The Bible says if you heard what Jesus said and you do it, you will be like the man who built his house on rock. Then it says, but everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them, him I will like, he will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand and the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat that house and it fell and great was its fall. Now let me tell you something. If you lost your job and you're losing all your money, that does not mean you fell because you are not your money. You are not your house. You are a child of God. And your identity is all wrapped up in God's love for you and your love for him. That's who you are. Now, in your mind, if you think, I am my house, I am my money, I am, I, my identity is wrapped up in what I believe. If that's what I believe about the government and this, if that's who you are, then yes, your life will crumble. But if you say, no, no, my security is in God's love for me. 
My security is in God and my love for God. So all that stuff doesn't matter. This is what I'm talking about. And so you may have lost everything. Trust me, I've been broke, 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 broke. But it, did, but it didn't define me. Now, at the time, I was stressed because I thought if I didn't have money, I wasn't important, I wasn't successful. But that's a lie. That's a lie. And so we're going to look at three ways. You, the death of your trust in things that are not certain. And you can restore certainty to your life. Number one, let go of the uncertainty of the world's promises. Let it go. Look what the Bible says. We just read it. Let go of the uncertainty of the world. Look what the Bible says. Everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house and it fell and great was its fall. Let go of trusting things that aren't not certain. Let go of thing, trusting things that are not certain. I mean, we, we, um, we've learned a lot of sayings during this period of COVID, like PPEs. Never heard of PPEs before. <laughs> PPEs. Uh, N95, by the way, if you don't know, it's personal protective equipment, personal protective equipment, which are the N95 masks. N95, who ever heard of an N95 mask? Unless you're in the medical business. Never heard of it. Now we know. PPE, uh, intubation, putting tube in someone's lungs, intubation, uh, N95 respirator, excuse me. We never heard these things. And one of the things we never heard, I shouldn't say we never heard, but that has um, come about through COVID that you hear all the time is these uncertain times. In these uncertain times. Let me tell you something. These times have always been uncertain. You just didn't know it. You've been trusting your retirement. You think your 401k has been a certain thing? <laughs> no, it hasn't. You just thought so. You think the stock market has been a certain thing? Nah, not anymore. You think climbing the corporate ladder and your multi-billion dollar company is a certain thing? Not anymore. You think the government is a certain thing? And, and by the way, you think your constitutional rights are a certain thing? Not anymore. I just heard about a, a police officer who... Uh, spoke against the Constitution, what he was being asked to do his job, and he got fired. He got fired. I mean, so, so the things that we have trusted in, and you would say, well, churches should be meeting because we have a constitutional right. You are exactly right. It's uncertain. It's uncertain. So the first thing you've got to do is say, Lord, what are the things that really aren't 100%, which, by the way, is everything except God, the promises of God. What are those things? I better, I better let go and, and let go of trusting in them. Now, it doesn't mean I don't leverage them when I can. It doesn't mean I don't try to make money when I can. But listen, let me tell you something. Hold it lightly. Hold it lightly. So a lot of the things you're, you're, that have been in your life that you see are gone and the things that you thought were certain are gone, let go of trusting in them for your purpose and a sense of security. It doesn't mean, of course, we don't eat. It doesn't mean we don't try to go to the store and get food. It doesn't mean we don't try to make money. I'm not saying that. But those things come and go. They ebb and flow. And how you get them, I mean, I, I was, man, we, we, we gave food to some elderly yesterday, seniors. 70, 80, actually, they started at 60. Actually, they were the youngest, 55, some were disabled. I just can't imagine being, they're my age. Some of them were younger than me. I can't leave. I'm sick. No one can come see me. How do I get food? 
think about it. This is the United States of America. How do I get food? Now, we know there are a lot of people like that that live that way every day all the time. Now our eyes are more open to it, especially people in food lines who have never been in food lines before. Think about it. The thousands of people in our, our country that have been in food lines that have never been in food lines before. Now those people will say, okay, now I, I get it. Let go of the things that you thought were certain. Now, by the way, anytime when you let go of something or something dies, something brings life to something else. So I'm not going to leave you to hanging because you still got to eat. You still got to pay your bills. You still got to make a livelihood, most definitely. But just do not see those things as what you build your life and reputation and sense of value and sense of identity on. Those things do not define who you are. God's love for you defines who you are. And what that means is that you are the apple of God's eye. And he is thinking about you all the time. Turn your heart away from trusting in the things of the world. And then step number two, learn the certainty of God's promises. Check this out. Learn the certainty of God's promises. If I told you the stock market is going to get you 10, 5, 7, 12% a year, that is not certain. If I told you you're going to work at this company for the rest of your life, that is not certain. If I told you, you yeah, you're going you're gonna to get married and be happy, you know, married happily ever after, that is not certain. If I told you you're going to live a long life, and you're going to, you know, the average age is 70-something. That is not certain. So it's not that we have to be aware of the uncertainty of everything around us. However, we must learn the certainty of God's promises. And God's promises are everything he has ever said. Now, there are a lot of theories about, matter of fact, Genesis. Let me, let me read this. This is so cool. This is, this is cool. Genesis chapter 3. It, um, God created the heavens and the earth, and then he created Adam and Eve. And the devil comes to Adam to Eve right after God told him, do not eat from that tree, don't touch it, or don't eat from that tree unless you die. The devil says, has God indeed said, this is the devil talking to Eve, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every tree in the garden. What did God say? So let me ask you a question. How are you going to know what God said if you don't read the Bible? You're not. You're, going to, you're just going to go about all these different theories and, and feelings and you're not going to know what the heck you're talking about. And you're going to be like, oh, the economy's going, oh, the Antichrist. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of theories going on right now that there's going to be, there's a, there's a bill in, in, uh, in uh, I think it just passed, H.R. 6666, four sixes. Crazy. Okay, it's the Antichrist. We're going to get a chip in our thing. It's the tribulation. Some of y'all are pre-trib, mid-trib, post-trib. You got all these different theories about eschatology and the end of the world. It's the end of the world. Let me tell you something. Nobody knows. You can believe all that, but what is, what is really true? What did God say to do? What did God promise? And remember, the point was learn the certainty of God's promise, promises. Learn what the Bible says. The Bible says the number one commandment is to love God with your heart, mind, and soul. That's what he said. And that means trust him, focus on him, and then said, love your neighbor as yourself. Listen, do I like the inconvenience of not being able to meet? No. Do I like what's going on in the country? No. But it does not, it does not eliminate the promises of God. It does not negate the promises of God. I, we need to say, okay, God, uh, in this environment, 
what, what, first, what does your Bible say when you get to the third point, which is go do it. But what does the Bible say? Because the, the Bible has not changed. God's promise has not changed. His power has not changed. His promise to answer prayer has not changed. His promise to follow you and bless you and anoint you and use you and convert people and transform people has not changed. That has not changed. No matter what culture says, no matter what's going on in, in the United States or in the world, God's promises are true. We need to put our feet on them. By the way, we call the Rock Church. One of the reasons is because Jesus is the rock of our salvation. There's a lot of other reasons, but that's one of them. We need to put our feet on the rock. Remember the man, the wise man built his house on the rock. Solid foundation. Jesus said in Matthew 7, if you believe and do all these things I just said, you'll be like the man who built his house on rock. If you trust me and obey me, I will take care of you. But if you just walk away from me, your house is going to fall. It's going to crumble. But here's the good news. In a minute, we'll talk about it. God can rebuild your house. So even if your house has fallen, he can rebuild your house. Number three, obey the promises of God. It's one thing to know it in your head. It's another thing to do it. It's one thing, though, to know it in your head. It's another thing to do it. Matthew 7, 21. Check this out. Matthew 7, 21. This is going to trip some of y'all out. Matthew 7, 7, 21. Not everyone, not everyone, oh, not everybody who says to me, Lord, Lord. Now, there's some of y'all that are saying, Lord, Lord, I believe you, God. I can't tell you how many people I talk to. Oh, yeah, me and God are cool. God's my homeboy. Hmm. God ain't no homeboy. He's Savior. He's King. And by the way, let me, let me give you a little, little newsflash. Jesus didn't come to die so you can go to heaven. I'm going to say it again. Now, if you trust him, you will go to heaven. But that's not why he came. He came to bring heaven to earth. He came to be king, not, not only your savior, he came to be your king. So he could bring heaven to earth through you. So it's not like, and here's why that's different. If you say he just came to get me to heaven, you'll just pray and say, I'm going to heaven. Now I'm good. I can do my thing. Uh, he came to be your king, your Lord, your master to tell you what to do so he can live through you. So he could bring heaven to earth, the power of God on earth to see people healed and delivered and, and transformed. That's why he came. And the only way that's going to happen is if you walk in obedience. Not if you have information in your head, but you walk in obedience and do it. So he says, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. You can say Jesus all you want. You can be that running down the aisles of your church all you want. He's like, I don't even know that person. I don't even know that person. Why are acting a fool like that? I'm not saying running down the aisle makes you a fool because it doesn't. The fool is the person who doesn't know God doing that. Then it says, but he who does, the person who goes to heaven, he who does the will of my Father in heaven. That's who he's looking for. No, we can't gather in our building. I've done, I don't know how, 50, 100 interviews in the last, since this COVID thing started. And a third of those interviews, they asked, so how is it not having church? I'm like, we're having church. I have church all the time. I have church all the time. You know, I, 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 um, I have this theory. And again, you could throw it out because this is my opinion. My opinion don't mean anything. But whenever, and it's really more an opinion, it's really a biblical concept. Whenever something happens that we don't like, which we call a trial or bad. Bad to us is something we don't want. It's not necessarily bad to God. For example, when I broke up my girlfriend back in uh, college, 
it was bad to her. And it was sad. I mean, we've been together, been through a lot. But it was the best thing that happened to me at the time. It's good. You can look at all, a lot of the things you've been through that were sad, difficult, painful. And then you look back and go, Phew, so glad I went through that. You all know. You learn more through your pain than through your pleasure. That's a fact. So here we are in COVID. The world is falling apart as we know it. And God is looking at us going, how are you going to respond? You going to trust me? You going to look to me? You don't think God knew the churches weren't going to be able to meet by the law? He knew that. He ain't tripping by that. He's not worried about it. He's not worried about it. You know what he's doing? He's like, what are my people going to do? They're going to read the Bible? They're going to pray? They're going to worship? Oh, I got to go to church to worship. You don't need to come here to worship. I got I to go get the word. You don't need to come here to get the word. Now, I'm not saying that gathering together is not good. It's fabulous. Trust me. It's great. But if God is not tripping on it, I ain't going to trip on it. But here's what's more important is that you obey and do what God told you to do now. You obey and do what God, do you know that the church is thriving in countries where Christianity is illegal? Why? Because the people says, I am going to pursue God with my whole heart. I'm not going to play church. And I'm going to tell you something. God looks at a lot of our religiosity in here in the United States. He says, it makes me puke anyway. Where are my real believers? There was a story I heard a long time ago. I don't even know if it's true, but it's, it's awesome. It was in a communist country. Christianity was illegal. They were having Bible study secretly. And these people huddle for a Bible study. And this soldier comes in with a gun and says, who in here is a Christian? Because they were going to get threatened to die or get arrested. And half the room left. And the other people said, we're Christian. He put his gun down and said, I want to worship with real believers. Listen, whether you're meeting in the building or at home, here's the question. Are you worshiping at home? If you're, worshiping, if you're not worshiping at home, why do you need to come here to worship? If you're not reading your Bible at home, why do you need to come here and let me read the Bible to you? If you're not sharing your faith, there's no law against that. You know, the Bible says the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. And then the Bible says in Galatians chapter, Galatians chapter 5, it says against these, these, there is no law. No law has been made that says you can't read your Bible, you can't pray, you can't share your faith, you can't do D groups. Let me tell you something. We have to be about D groups. And, and you're going to see this in the coming months. That we're going to, and, and I, my, my apology for not pressing it more, but for us to be about discipleship groups so we can be Bulletproof. No matter what the government says, we are going to thrive as a church. No matter what limitations it put us, we are going to thrive as a church. Don't be blaming them for that you can't sh share your faith, you can't read your Bible, you can't pray, you can't call people up, you can't repent of your sin, you can't worship. There's no law against all that. Do that with all your heart. And if I'm God, I'm like, what are my people going to do? Are they going to, they're going to let the governor prevent them from thriving in their faith so we can't come to the building? It'll happen in due time. But let me tell you something. I ain't in a rush. We all need to step up. And my encouragement to you, sign up for our group right now. There's thousands of people in our church. 
Go to our website and sign up for our group. I meet every week in my, my group, every week, online. And you know what? It's amazing. And when I go serve in the community, guess what? They're there. They're there with me calling hospitals and calling nurses in hospitals, encouraging people in ICU. We're doing ministry big time right now. You can do the same thing. You can do the same thing. Now, if your whole Christianity is wrapped up in you coming to a building and hearing a sermon and sitting back and going home, listen, God ain't interested. That's not, that's not what we're talking about. God's like, I'm, you think I'm going to open up the building just so you can do that? No, I want soldiers. Soldiers. And so here's my encouragement to you. We go back to it. Stop trusting the stuff that's uncertain. Stop trusting it. Let it go. Die to yourself. Say no. When the devil says, you got to do this, say, no, I don't. And when Jesus was on the cross, all the criticism and all the accusations from not only the people, but Satan himself saying, I got you, I got you. He said, no, you didn't. I'm on mission. I'm just not on your mission. I don't take direction from you, Satan. And by the way, I don't take direction from you, culture. I take direction from him. And I'm going to do it his way. And when I die to myself, here's what happens. When you die to yourself, your flesh, your, your selfishness, your ego does this, gets out of the way, and the Holy Spirit flows. <laughs> but when you're like, yeah, it's about me, it's about me, God says, okay, go ahead. The Bible says humility comes before honor, but pride comes before fall. You put yourself out there, you're going to fall. But if you humble yourself and say, Lord, I'm, I, I, it's on you, the Holy Spirit flows. So where do we go from here? Well, one of the ultimate acts of dying is giving your life to Jesus. And here's what it says. Lord, I don't want to be about me. I want it to be about you. So I surrender my life to you. Jesus came, died, rose from the dead. Came to establish the kingdom of God on earth. Yes, kingdom. The, the earth and the kingdom of God, heaven, were interlocked. That's the design. They were to be united. Sin, man said, we want to run earth by ourselves. So we destroyed it. We destroyed it. Jesus came, died, rose from the dead. He says, I want to live in you. So the ultimate act of self-denial, the ultimate act of picking up your cross is saying, Lord, I surrender my life to you. I don't want to do things my way anymore. I honor you and accept and acknowledge you as Lord and Savior and King. Be my King. That means you call the shots. So we're going to pray in a minute. Very simple prayer of you asking Jesus to be your King. So the King can bring the kingdom into your life. So I'm going to ask you to bow your heads and close your eyes and listen very carefully. Lord, I thank you for everyone listening. I pray that we would allow death to come to our trust in things that are not real and certain and eternal. And that we can put our trust in a living Savior. And there are people listening right now, they're stressed over money and food and shelter. Completely understandable. And I pray that they would take those concerns and say, Lord, I give them to you. They are very real. 
very, very legitimate. But what is more real and more legitimate is your love for us. So I pray that all those people would say, Lord, I surrender my burdens to you. If you would like to surrender your life to Jesus or your burdens to him, the Bible says, cast all your cares on him because he cares for you. Humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. If you would like to do that, pray this prayer with me. For some of you, you are going to be asking Jesus to be your Savior for the first time. And for some of you, you are just casting your burdens on him because life is difficult right now. So in the privacy of your heart, pray, dear God, I lay my life down. I want to deny my desires and surrender my life to Jesus as my Lord, my Savior, and my King. Take charge of my life. I want to die to myself. I want my trust in uncertain things to die. And my trust in the promises of God to live. I surrender my life to Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. If you just prayed that prayer, congratulations, congratulations. Text SAVED to 52525 if you prayed that to give your life to Christ. If you're on our platform, our, our website, you can hit the raise your hand button. But we want to congratulate you. God bless you. Let me tell you something. Every single day you have to remind yourself to deny yourself. Pick up your cross and follow Jesus. What does that mean? That you, when you're, when you're anger, your angst, jealousy, frustration stirs up. The devil's trying to get you off message, trying to get you off mission. Your mission is to trust God. And it's hard because we've been trained to get stuff this way. God says, no, I want you to trust me by faith. It's hard. So this week I want to challenge you to be thinking about dying to yourself and pay attention to what God does in your heart to what God does in your life. And the, probably the most valuable thing you can get is peace. Where you're not stressed. And then watch God start to provide for you the things that you need. God bless you. I'm so excited. Please do that survey. Please do the survey. Sign up for a group. Get in a group. We got to get everybody in groups in the church. But do the survey. We want to know what you're thinking, how we can best serve you. But pursue God with your heart, all your heart, all your mind, all your soul. Let me pray for you one more time. Lord Jesus, thank you so much for your faithfulness. Bless us. Encourage us. Lord, I pray you give people faith to deny themselves. Make it clear to them what that means for them. In Jesus' name, amen.